is mighty, mighty mom. Uh, I saw a video, and it was called Mighty, and I don't have it to show. But it did make me think about the baptism. I forgot to show that. Let's just do that. Can you pull that up? We had a baptism this past, uh, it's just, it was just beautiful. We did it up at, uh, had it up at uh, Nakalula Falls, and Mary Morris was baptized. She wanted to in the creek, and so I said, well, hey, we're having a picnic. Let's just do it up there. That's me playing the piano. Her husband Jake up there on the left. There's a big one. All right. Just a beautiful setting. I just wanted you to see that at the baptism up there. We were going to do it in Black Creek. In fact, Benny was going to take pictures overhead, but the way the rocks were, we had to go further downstream. And so we ended up going over the bridge that goes across the falls there and then go down past the chapel and down by the campground. If you've ever walked down that walking track, there's a bridge. And that stream that feeds Black Creek right off in it's a perfect pool. And so that's where we were at. Very beautiful setting. Uh, Mary didn't even realize the snakes that were around or that everything was great. And, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. It has nothing to do with Mother's Day other than that it was a great blessing and a great day. Today's sermon is Mighty Mom. I want to share a little bit of humor with you. I got this off the internet. I don't even know who wrote these. But what my mother taught me. My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed me, you better pray that stain comes out of that carpet. My mother taught me logic. My mother taught me logic from her decisive words. Because I said so, that's why. We all probably use that line. You just get to a frustration, because I said so. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. My mother taught me irony. She said, just keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me stamina. You sit there and eat every bit of that spinach. My mother taught me about the weather. She said, your room looks like a tornado went through it. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you in this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me behavior modification. Stop acting like your daddy. My mother taught me envy. My mother taught me envy. She said, there are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mom like you do. Thanks, Mom. My mother taught me. I have often also thought about asking the kids, which I had a few of them trapped here, and ask them this, because normally we'll ask who's the youngest mom here, the oldest mom, or the one mom with the most children, etc. But I've always wanted to ask, who has the meanest mom? Just see what reaction we get. Whose mom can yell the loudest? Here's another one. Whose mom gives the most convincing whipping? The meanest, the loudest, and the baddest mom. Now, I had a wonderful mama. She was usually pretty quiet, but let me tell you, she could use a mean hickory. We had a bush outside the house at, Nana, at my grandparents, which I stayed down at their house a whole lot. 
I didn't know till I got an adult what the name of the, the shrubbery was. We called it the hickory bush because that's where you had to go. And I worshiped God out there right before I would get a hickory to go up and get a whipping. Mighty mom. There's no doubt that our relationship with mom and dad, that some of the things I'm going to say and I often say on Mother's Day, apply to the same principles apply to dads or grandparents and great-grandparents. There's no doubt that our relationship with our moms and dads have had an impact on us, good or bad. They've had an impact. But it does not have to completely consume us and control us in our actions and our attitude as parents. That is, if it was a bad situation, we don't have to end up being that. In fact, as believers, as children of God, our relationship with God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit can transform us into the moms and the dads that Christ has called us to be. So in other words, just to say it another way, don't just assume the position, well, that's the way my mama was, and that's the way dad was, so I guess that's the way I'm going to be. No. No. Don't believe that lie. Our God can change. The love of Christ can change us, that we can do better if we didn't have a blessed mom or dad to teach us in the right way. You may have had and still have a mother who is perhaps maybe a bad influence. I realize with the crowd this great that that's probably true. She may have been, and that's just being honest and real. It doesn't mean you still not, shouldn't honor her, but she may have had a bad influence. You perhaps may never be close to her in relationship with. I'm sure that's true here this morning. But that does not mean that you can't be a godly mother. It doesn't mean you can't be a godly dad. So God's love and God's grace, very, very powerful. And they allow that redemptive work to touch our lives. And uh, Mother's Day is by far probably one of the most joyful, sorrowful, tearful, happy, angry, emotional days of the year for many children. Sometimes our wishes and our desires and our expectations are very high on this day. And when they're not met, a lot of emotions. Sometimes these emotions can stay with us a lifetime. Doesn't matter if we're 27, doesn't matter if we're 90, sometimes that influence can be there. But either way, either way, either way, the most important relationship we must focus on is the relationship that we have with a living God. If you'll focus on that, a lot of times in counseling I'll use a triangle. I'm not, I learned this from many others, and we've got a lot of psychiatrists here this morning and psychologists, I'm sure they've used it too. You've got a triangle, A is upset with B. There's issues and problems in their life. God is up here. The tendency is if we will focus all our being on a relationship with Jesus Christ, it tends for A and B as they draw closer in a relationship with God, it brings a healing. Not always, because sometimes A or B decide not to take that route. Oftentimes, though, if you'll focus on your relationship with Jesus, make him the top of that triangle, it's amazing how that can pull you together. It's worked in my family, and I thank God for that. Emma, Emma Bombeck is a Christian comedian, speaker. Uh, she said these words, Mother's Day in the, is an appreciation day. Mother's Day is an appreciation day for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do and not believing them when they said, I hate you, and sharing their good times and their bad times. Some of us have been on the other end of that. I hate you. And perhaps we've even said those words. I've been on both. 
relationships are tough. That's why we need the living God to help transform us to be more like Christ. I want to share a story with you. I'm going to read the entire story. It's very lengthy, very long. I want to ask you to listen. I started not to read the whole story because it's really too long, but I didn't want to assume that you would go home and read it. You're going to be with family. So I'm going to read the whole story. I'm going to break it up a little bit, but, and then I'm just going to say some specific things about it at the end. But the story comes from 1 Samuel, the first chapter, verses 1 through 28. It's got some really hard names in it. I don't know how to pronounce them all, but I'll try. But it's the story of Hannah. Some of you are familiar with it. But I want you to listen to it and look at all the dynamics within this family, good and bad, but also some things that we can learn from this family. And so I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 1, verses 1 through 28. Now there was a certain man, Ramatham Sultan, again I'm not sure if that's right, but he was of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah. He was the son of Zeroham, the son of Elihu, and the son of Tofu. It's not really tofu, it's tofu. I'd just seen if you was listening. He was the son of Zuth. He was an Amorite and a mosquito bite. You're listening, you're listening. Verse 2. He had two wives, and I'm not going to mention that a whole lot right there. I could get in trouble, but uh, we know that New Testament wives, that God's best is for us to have one wife. I won't go into that, but we know that. But in this case, in this day and time, he had two wives, and so here's the story. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah, Hannah had no children. This man, Elkanah, he went up from his city yearly to worship. I want you to remember the word worship. He went to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, there at the tabernacle were the two sons of Eli. He was a priest, two sons. Aphani and Phinus, the priest of the Lord, they were there. And whenever the time came, Elkanah, to make an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. So you see a dad blessing the wife and the children. Verse 5, so this, but to Hannah, he would give a double portion. For Elkanah, he loved Hannah. Although the Lord had closed her womb and, and her rival, Penina also provoked her severely to make Hannah miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that Penina provoked her. Therefore, Hannah, she wept and she couldn't even eat. She was so disturbed by the ridicule and the misery. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, honey? Why don't you eat something? Why are you not eating? And why is your heart so grieved? Then, then he says this, he says to Hannah, Am I not better to you than ten sons? Oftentimes, sons honor and bless their mothers in unique ways. And so he says, Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. Let me stop there. Stay with me if you got the scene. She's been miserable. She's been taunted by the other wife. And, but Elkanah has loved her. He's blessed her. And so now she's there at the scene. He's here at the tabernacle. And she's about to pray. I want you to listen to her prayer. And Eli is watching her. Verse 10. 
And she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and please remember me, God, and do not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. She was very specific and she asked for a child, but a male child. Then she said, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. So she was already committing her unborn, but believing that a male child, but to that sect of that priesthood. So she was already committing the Lord, praying and believing, expectant, but also very specific. Verse 12. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli, the priest, he was watching her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. I just love the Word of God. It just puts in some interesting details. So this, this priest, he's watching this woman, and she's over there mouthing, but she's praying, and he thinks she's drunk and goes over and confronts her. He says, put your wine away from you, woman. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I am pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and my grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away, Hannah went away, and she ate, and her face was no longer sad. And they rose early in the morning, and they worshipped, there's that word again, worship before the Lord. And returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah, he knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and she bore a son. And she called his name Samuel saying because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow they went up to worship. Hannah did not go up though she said to her husband Elkanah not. She said, not until the child is weaned, then I'll take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So she's, she's holding on to him. She wants to keep him as long as she can, not till he's weaned. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you, honey. Wait until you have weaned him. And here's affirmation from him as a husband. Only let the, Lord's, let the Lord establish his word. Poor husband, that's a good thing to do, wife. Only let the Lord establish his word in our home and in our lives. Then the woman stayed and she nursed her son until she had weaned him. And now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flowers, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. That's all we're given. Was he two? Was he three? Four? I, we don't know for sure. I'm sure he was young, though. Then they slaughtered a bull. They brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me petition which I have asked of him. Therefore, I also, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Thank you for listening to that whole story. There's a lot of dynamics there. I want to point out just two or three things. One is, moms, listen to me. 
Dads listen to me. Grandparents listen to me. One of the greatest things that your children can see you do is worship God. And I'm not talking about just here. Yes, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Your children should watch and see you three generations to come to the house of God and to worship. But I hope, I hope that your children and your grandchildren sometimes see you get on your knees in your home and you worship God in your home. I thought of this story as I watched my daughter Audra come across the parking lot carrying Faber, her new baby. And by the way, she's a wonderful mama. I knew she was going to be. One time we were coming back from Kentucky. I was in seminary up there. Aldo was young and Dave was. In fact, in our old Taurus, the old Burgundy Taurus station wagon that I drove back and forth had about 200,000 miles on it and a bad transmission. We're driving down the interstate and Lana and Dave are asleep in the back seat. And I'm driving. I'm listening to a Christian song. I don't remember what it was. But I got blessed. I'm worshiping the Lord. I've got one hand up. Tears are coming down because I just love the song. And I'm just worshiping God. Audra's sitting over here beside me. And I look. As I'm, I am paying attention. I don't have my eyes closed because I'm driving. But I'm worshiping God. And I'm getting blessed. And I look over and Audra, she's got her hand up. And she's holding a baby doll. And she reaches down and grabs that baby doll's arm and raises it up. And we're all going down the road worshiping God. One of the greatest things that you can do, moms and dads, for your children is to let them see you worship God. It makes a difference. We see that in this story. This mom, Hannah, she also teaches us a lesson in prayer. I almost preached on this. I got this from another sermon that I heard. I'll just give you the three specific things in this sermon that it gave, and I think they're solid. They're good. Hannah teaches a lesson in prayer. Pray decisively. Pray specifically. And pray expectantly. I'll say them again. Pray decisively. She was very decisive. Give me a male child. She was very specific. She also prayed expectantly. Also, as I preparing this, I wondered if Eli reminded little Samuel. Now, he gets Samuel. They take him to the priesthood, and, and they raise him. I really don't know. I didn't do a study on this. I don't know how often the child got to see their mom and dad. I can't imagine Hannah giving him up that young and never seeing him again. But I'm thinking that occasionally, maybe through the year, maybe once a year when they came up to worship, they got to see the child, I don't know. But I wonder if Eli ever told Samuel, hey, your mother, your mother sought a blessing for you on your behalf. She prayed for you before you were born. She loved you so much, Samuel, that she gave you to the Lord God Almighty. I just want you to know that. I wonder if he told her that. You know, in Jeremiah, when God called Jeremiah, you remember when he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Moms, pray for your children, even before they're born, for those that God might bless you with, those that are in the womb, or those that you have now. So it doesn't matter what age you are, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to give them to the Lord so if you've got a son right now that's 45 and you've never prayed and you've never given him to God give him to God pray for him give him to the Lord I pray that still over my children I pray that over Aldrin Dave God I give you Aldrin Dave 
I pray you baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Pour out your love, God, on my children. Why wouldn't I pray that way? Why wouldn't I bless them in that way? For my grandchildren. I do for my son-in-law, too. The greatest son-in-law I've ever had. I pray over Blake. He'll be a man of God. He'll worship God. His son favored and his wife will see him pronounce the word in his home. Yes. I pray that over my daughter-in-law, Jamie. God would bless her. She's part of our family now. I pray over Madeline. I pray over favor. They'll be touched by the Spirit of God. God, I give them to you. One of the greatest things you can do or for your children is let them see you worship God. The other thing is just give them to God. Give them to the Lord. What you value in life will have an influence on what your children value. Make it count for godliness and righteousness. Stay with the Bible lessons. They've worked for all these generations, and they'll remain true for eternity. So when you live your life by the book, the Bible, the truth, what you then are giving to your children is truth. You're also giving them eternity. You're giving them eternal truth. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life to you. Just stick with the book. I prayed a prayer, and I'm going to close with this. I intentionally thought about it and prayed about it. You can keep your eyes open, but this is just a prayer that you may consider. I put it in the devotion this week. Some of you read it, and so I'm just going to speak it very slowly. And Perhaps you're there. Maybe you can pray over your children, your grandchildren right now. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I, I give you my child. Lord, I give you my child. May my relationship with you influence my child's relationship with you. It's a good prayer. Lord, may my relationship with you influence my child's relationship with you that it may count for your glory. And all the people said, Almighty God, we bless you today and praise you. Lord, I, I know that my mom is going to listen to this uh, sermon. I thank you, God, for her. I thank you that I saw my mama worship God. And I thank you that she gave me to you and my sister Pam. Thank you, God. I ask you to bless us today in all of our relationships, whether we're joyful today or whether we're in pain or wounded. I thank you that our relationship with you your loving grace can touch our hearts and our lives today. We praise you and we love you in Jesus' name.